comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. It's all connected. Everything. All right, Morgan, we got to be on our best behavior for tonight. Really? Yes, we do. All right. Why? We have a guest. Hey. So joining us, I think this is, the, I don't know that we've had a, like a true guest on the podcast and not this podcast. No. Yeah. Not this, not this show. Let well, I think, I think I started as being a guest coming, you know, now and then, and then you let me stay. I, I think honestly, I started as a guest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was John and Brad first. Yeah, it was, it was a John and Brad show. And then, and then somehow we got sucked into this. Um, so joining us live is Terry Scott. Uh, hey guys, thanks for having me. For those who don't know me, I am one of the admins on a Marvel Cinematic Universe page that we have on Facebook. We just hit about 29,000 members and we're growing every single day. So if that's your kind of thing, guys, I definitely suggest just searching up on Facebook, find us and join the fun. And yeah, thanks guys for having me. No, absolutely. That's that's kind of how I, I, I found you. So I was I joined up for that. It's uh, Facebook.com slash Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, He's got it. Yeah, and saw that you were one of the admins, and I think you, I think actually what I thought well maybe she might want to hop on the podcast because I, I saw that you did a YouTube video. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, those are actually interesting. Um, we tried a couple like we did short little videos just saying thanks for being here, guys, and I mean they were maybe thirty seconds to a minute and all the members just kept requesting videos and so I I attempted a couple of videos and I mean they've had good responses. Haven't had a chance to do any more, but I'm sure in the future that'll continue to grow, so it's exciting. And you're a fan of Thor. I took it from that video, you're a big fan of Thor. I am definitely a big fan of Thor. Um, actually, if you look at my room, there's posters, and I really like the comics. Uh, if you guys read the comics, the new run where Mysterious Woman comes in and holds the hammer, actually really loving that right now. But yeah, huge fan of Thor. Very long time. I was super excited when they made it into a movie. I mean, the movie wasn't the greatest, but hoping in the future maybe Ragnarok will do even better. Did you did you start with like the Jason Aaron run like the first, like Thor God of Thunder? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Well, I picked I started picking you up late and it was actually a bit of an adventure cuz I got all of the comics except for number 4. So I'd been going around forever trying to find it and finally one of the guys at the comic book store went, "Girl, you've been trying to find this for way too long. I have one at home. I'll bring it to you." So, <laughs> finally got the whole series just cuz he saw me fighting to find it, but Finally have them all. Absolutely love them. And then this new series is going really well right now. So, yeah. yeah, we've been, I think Ken and I have been fans of Jason Aaron just in general uh, for a while now. So I'm, I'm really digging his, uh, his Thor run, especially the, the whole God bomb yeah. uh, run. That was just, it was probably the best Thor I've read in a very, very long time. I mean, probably backs, you know, going back to the Simonson run. It was just, it was just really unique to kind of take those three Thors in the three different eras. It was just really smart. Yeah, yeah Jason Aaron is an amazing artist or writer. There, sorry. Yeah. He is. I, I haven't read a lot of 
Thor since the Straczynski run uh, ended, although I did just pick up with, with the new Thor that you're talking about, Terry, with the uh, the female Thor. And I've, I've been enjoying that so far. We're only about, what, five, six issues in right now, I think. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, intro's out of the way. Um, so I, I guess we didn't tell – this is it's all connected. Episode fifty-five. It is 50, episode fifty-five. We're talking about uh, love in the time of Hydra. Um, I can't decide. Well, we'll get to the episode in a little yeah. bit. We want some news. We want to cover first, or yeah, a little bit of news, a little bit of Daredevil news. This is more like a discussion point than it is actual news. But I thought it'd be worth just bringing up to, to mention for a minute. So there's been a lot of talk. I know there's been stuff out there that, oh, Marvel's moving away from the origin and they're not going to do origins anymore. And, and, you know, that's kind of been the talk, but it sounds like with, at least with Daredevil, for sure that we're, this is going to be an origin story. I mean, they're making a point of saying that, you know, he's, he's, this is before he becomes Daredevil. This is the early days. The costume's going to be an evolution, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So it just, I I know when that news came out, I was a little skeptical just because some of the characters are introducing to not do even if it's abbreviated, but not not do an origin would be a little tough. Yeah, I think they're going to have to in the movies, especially with like a Doctor Strange. I mean, pick up where he's established, but then have a flashback or do something to establish how they got to where they are. But it was it was never, I think, explicitly stated. But I think that no, no origin really was more on the movie side. And I think with something like Daredevil, it's going to be more necessary. Uh, we'll probably jump right in with uh, Jessica Jones somewhere, you know, in her her time when we get to that but it won't that i'm sure i'm counting that won't be too much of a of an origin but daredevil yeah it's going to be uh pretty early on what do you think terry on the on the whole origin thing did you were you kind of in agreement on that do you think that you know that that's maybe pushing things a little too far uh when i originally heard the whole origin thing i thought that was more directed to spider-man in particular i mean we've already had Mm. so many movies of him that i thought when marvel said oh no origin it was going to be for the spider-man movie um when you talk about daredevil i mean it's kind of hard to not have an origin story like you said it's pretty much because you had the movie oh goodness i don't even know what year that came out um, but that's not in the MCU at all, and some of the younger fans may not necessarily know the background, so they need the origin to get things started. And I mean, we're going to have that lead into a bunch of other things like Defenders and all the other Netflix shows. So again, I think, I mean, Jessica Jones, to be completely honest, I don't know too much about her. I'm really excited to learn about her. Other Netflix things like Iron Fist and Luke Cage, I mean... Again, those aren't as well known, so I feel as though an origin's almost needed without it being boring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, for those listening, I will say the Iron Fist uh, Watch 2015 continues. Still no casting announcement. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of a our co-host John is is the biggest Iron Fist fan on the face of the planet. Uh, Jh. Yeah. No, so. no casting. <laughs> so he uh, he always gives us a hard time that there's been no Iron Fist casting news. <laughs> Uh, so it looks the other thing is that they're talking about the red costume. So it looks like we will get the red costume. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, the existing costume being an evolution that you really can't have Daredevil without, you know, at least the horns and 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 the red, but that they want to make it to where it's like there's a reason for it, you know, right. that, that it's not just like, oh, this guy just decides to make a costume and and do this that, you know, he kind of gets his his butt handed to him a few times and it's like, oh, maybe I should put padding here or maybe I should, <laughs> you know, beef this up a little bit and and it's kind of an evolution, which I think is, is smart. I mean, again, I hate to use the word real, word realistic, but if you're trying to go to an angle where 
you know, people aren't running around in spandex. That's kind of a smart way to do it. Yeah, and I think we've gone to various degrees of is it going to be by the end of the series of the season, you know, th- episode 13, will he be in it? Will it be somewhere in the middle? And it, you know, whatever. I'm looking forward to watching and see. I'm, it's going to take me only a day to watch it anyway. So by the end of that day, I'll know. <laughs> where, where do you sit with the whole Daredevil? Are you going to marathon it uh, and mainline it the first day or are you going to you're going to kind of absorb it over over a period of time? I actually have to get Netflix. Um <laughs> Hey, that's oh, what yeah. they're counting on is, is to get more uh, subscriptions out of this. Uh, but to be completely honest, I will probably have to do it over a couple of days. I'm a university student, so, you know, exams are coming up and oh, yeah. work and all that fun stuff. So I sleep a lot as well. <laughs> so, yeah, but it'll probably be over a couple of days just to get my fill, but still live life. Sure. Not I love fair, binge watching things, but <laughs> it takes Not a toll fair, on you're me. in Canada, correct? I am in Canada, yes. Yeah. So that... Uh, but the, the cool thing is they're they're actually this is going like world anywhere there's Netflix these this show will be on uh, day one so I think that's kind of a smart move where in the past I think there's you know sometimes some shows show up at different times depending on where you're at and what type where you are in the world and and we don't Netflix. even get some shows I mean I know a lot of people that actually just have to rewire their Xbox or not their Xbox their Netflix and use American postal codes just so they can get full netflix because we don't get half the stuff you guys do wow so yeah, i was actually really excited i mean again i still have to get it but i was really excited to find out that our regular netflix will be getting all this marvel stuff so yeah exciting 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 <sighs> yes yeah so a little bit of avengers age of ultra or not, just avengers news in general i guess and this is something that evolved over the last week since we recorded and it's been it's been kind of like the the worst kept secret in Hollywood, I guess you'd say, uh, is that the Russos now have been confirmed uh, that they're going to direct Infinity War Part One and Two. Yeah, the slow clap. Excellent news. Yes, uh, and it looks like they're going to film it back to back, which I don't think anybody really thought that that wasn't going to happen. I mean, you're going to put these two out a year apart. Yeah, um, you know, it just makes sense to film it together. But I am ecstatic about that that it's that it's finalized, that it's it's confirmed. But yeah, I guess Deadline Hollywood earlier this earlier this week uh, actually confirmed that the Russos would be on board. And I mean, talk about two guys that came from almost out of nowhere and have just taken you know not just the Marvel universe, but I think I think cinema by storm. I mean, I th- you know regardless of what you think about superhero movies or you know captain america or anything else i mean there's no denying that that movie was extremely well directed and well choreographed yep totally i had friends who didn't even like marvel i dragged them to the movie and they walked out saying what the heck that was one of the best movies i've ever seen and they were complete i mean all of us fans are blown away but i enjoyed seeing people who weren't fans to begin with see it and still completely gone it was awesome yeah it's kind of that that dark knight effect you know where you could just separate it from you know, the fact that it's superheroes and capes and tights, you know, you just look at it and go, that is a good movie. Like it's yeah. just well done, well constructed um, and well, you know, well put together. For sure. Um, that's really all the Age of Ultron news. There's there's a couple I, I'm really having a hard time kind of staying away from the super spoilery stuff. It's it's kind of a push. It, it's tough because doing the podcast, you want to you know stay up to date. You want to keep keep people informed. Uh, but at the same time, you want to be able to go into the movie and not know everything that happens. So it's kind of this weird dichotomy of trying to go into media blackout zone, but at the right. same time, stay informed. 
Yeah, that's a bit. That's becoming a bit of a problem on our page. We have people that try to post spoilers, and I mean, the admins we're all working really hard to just say no. But there's a couple of us that are just going off being an admin for about a week. It releases early in the UK, and one of our admins um, is over in Denmark, so he's seeing it early. Nice. So we told them we're like, you're in charge of it. Like we're not approving anything. Like <laughs> all on you, man. For the week, that's yours. But yep. yeah, I totally understand. People are like, oh, have you seen this? Have you heard this? I'm like, no, go away. I want to experience this like a regular fan. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a little bit of Spider-Man news. Uh, I, I, one of them is from Joe Quesada's Tumblr, who, you know, Joe Quesada, former editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics, now the CCO. He's kind of like the Jeff Johns equivalent on the Marvel side. Um, but he's always taking questions on his Tumblr. And one of the responses he had... Uh, was the trick to many uh, to making any incarnation of Spider-Man great, whether comics, animations, or film, is Peter Parker. Get Peter Peter's character right, and the rest falls into place. So I think that's kind of uh, confirmation, at least at this point, that it's going to be Peter Parker and it's not going to be Miles Morales, which to me is not really any kind of surprise. I mean, I I pretty much figured that that's what we we're going to get, but it it's kind of. Uh, tamp down some of the you know some of the wild rumors that it's going to be miles it's going to be miles yeah i can't see them doing a feature film with anybody but peter parker i mean you can explore other iterations in other media um you know tv animation etc but to to spend the money on a feature film and have it not be peter parker and not have the maximum draw that they can get out of it doesn't make any sense to me um, I guess one of the on the rumor mill side, Badass Digest was reporting that Mateus Ward was in was up for the role, and I again this is like wild wild rumor, um, but I guess he's been in Weeds and Hostages, and I think on Weeds he was like in the last episode and pay, played like the older version of the main character's son, if I recall right. Um, but he's I guess he's like sixteen seventeen years old, so again it kind of fits with that whole they're going to go really young uh, model, which. To me personally, I, I think I'm a fan of. I, I want to see somebody that uh, doesn't look like a 40 year old running around the screen uh, when he takes the mask off uh, after a few movies. Is it bad to hope that Peter Parker's not as good looking as he has been in the last couple movies? <laughs> like, well, I just mean like Andrew Garfield. He played a really nice Spider Man to me, but his Peter Parker was a little off. Like he wasn't quite awkward enough. Whereas I feel Toby played the Peter Parker side really well, but didn't quite have Spider-Man down. So I'm kind of hoping they find someone who's not quite as good looking and more awkward, but still has that great sense of humor and like presence. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all want to kind of get that, that witty banter side of Spider-Man. They kind of went a little bit in the last incarnation, but I just don't think there was enough of it. Yeah. Uh, Lastly on the news side, uh, is from Latino Review that's saying that Captain Marvel has been cast and will appear in Age of Ultron. And again, this is the wild, crazy hmm. speculation rumor side of things. But uh, take that, take that as you will. Now that that might tie in with uh, there was a comment. I think it was for the Feige was asked if we would see um, other characters from the bigger universe that either we have or haven't seen, and they said absolutely yes. Whedon, yeah. Whedon, it was Whedon, yeah. And, um, you know, that that would fit that as well. I mean, we already talked about Heimdall and a few others. But to include uh, Captain Marvel in there, whether it will be as Captain Marvel or as Carol Danvers, pre-powered, I don't know. Man, if they can keep that under wraps and pull that off, that would yeah. be awesome. Like, to not know that going in and see that would just be fantastic. Yeah, yeah you, you're right. 
I've got one little bit to talk about. It's actually not really Marvel news. It's anything that's more DC news, but it does have a Marvel tie to it. Have you been keeping up on some of the preacher casting? A little bit, yeah. Nope. Ruth Nega, of course, Reina, has oh, been yeah. cast as Tulip, the female lead, which, um, you know, not that I have a problem with, but she looks nothing like the way the character was portrayed. But it's an interesting choice. I'm not sure I'm sold yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing the pilot when it does come out. Uh, more than that, did you hear who's in talks to play the lead of uh, Jesse Custer? No, uh-uh. Mr. Howard Stark himself, Dominic Cooper. Oh, I did see that, yes. Not confirmed. He's in conversation with So we'll see if that you know plays out. But there's a couple Marvel ties to this uh, pretty big uh, DC Vertigo project on AMC, I think they're doing this. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I got to admit, I was a little concerned because it's, of course, being produced by Seth Rogen. And uh, I was actually scared. I thought – was actually panicking. I thought maybe Seth Rogen was going to play Jesse Custer. And it's like, all right, I would have no part of it. But uh, <laughs> I could see Dominic Cooper in that role. Well, no- November's coming up soon, Ken. Maybe you guys can do uh, volume three of The Preacher. <laughs> That's right. That's right. To let uh, the audience in and Terry, you don't know. We uh, had a running joke years ago. We were trying to do an episode discussing The Preacher comic series. And we just happened to release the first episode on Thanksgiving, whatever year. I literally Thanksgiving Day, and episode two didn't come out until the Thanksgiving the following year, and then we never did another one. So uh, we'll see if we ever get back to it. That was a previous podcast uh, that's mostly gone on hiatus, but uh, every once in a while it comes back to the surface. It was fun. I really love that series. Though. I'm looking forward to watching that. All right, cool. Anybody else got any other news? Any anything anything I missed? Uh, no, I think I'm pretty good. All right, so Love in the Time of Hydra. I think Brian Arnold on our Facebook page said, Greatest episode title ever. It's a good title. I I can't decide if it was a significant episode or if it was just a well-done filler episode. I really haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, I'm I'm very conflicted. Like, I will not say it was a bad episode. I won't even put it, like, in the lower tier of episodes. Um, but I, I don't know. I think maybe I just kept waiting for more and it didn't quite push me over the top. Yep. I really enjoyed the, um, uh, almost spy feel spy, spy show movie feel to it. When, um, agent 33 was infiltrating, uh, Talbot's base, trying to get out, uh, our buddy. Bakshi, Bakshi, Bakshi. Bakshi. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, it was, uh, I, I enjoyed it. And, um, Love the old yellow reference as well. Yeah. Just felt bad for Talbot's wife. <laughs> At the end there, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. I, was Talbot played a little more for comic relief this episode than normal? I think he was. Um, <laughs> and, and it's funny because in my notes, like sometimes that stuff can be a little off-putting or, or come across real like overly corny. But I don't know what it was, but it just worked for me. Like I, I That's one of the things I put in my notes was I actually enjoyed that sequence. Like – I knew it was kind of going to be – It's you could almost tell, like, what was going to happen. Like, you knew his wife was going to show up and it was going to cause yeah. this, you know, identity thing. But I, I don't know. There was a couple of times I just laughed and I just – I don't know. It just worked. And maybe it's just Adrian Pazdar and, um, you know, just the just, – just, he, he's almost a caricature of himself – or not of himself, but of as a character. So it just – I don't know. It just fit. Like, it just worked, even though it shouldn't have. It, it did. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me because – have you guys watched Heroes – Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can only ever picture him as Nathan Petrelli. Yeah. So I have such <laughs> issues seeing him. Try, I mean, I, yes, he was a politician, but seeing him in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I, I always end up laughing because I just can't quite 
have him in that character. Well, that that mustache is ridiculous. The mustache is ridiculous. So I mean, that helps. It totally is the stash. You know, part of me actually wonders if this character was written, at least this episode was written in such a way as a response to Talbot's stash. <laughs> One can hope. One can hope. Well, we know that, that Marvel's aware of him, so. Marvel is aware of Talbot's stash. I would hope so. Yeah, so the, again, like I said, that's something that on paper, if somebody told you that, you'd be like, really? That's where they went with that show? But I, I don't know. I just, I, I thought it was, I thought it was just really, really good. Especially the part where he's, where the, Agent 33 impersonated that lieutenant or the major and then switch bodies again to the male. And then when Talbot has them all lined up and he's convinces the major and like grabs her cheek and starts like, like pulling yep. on it. Um, I don't I know. Know. They, they get gun feel to that or uh, Austin Powers. When he's... Yeah. Yeah. So again, it was just, just kind of one of those things. Um, what about the Pulp Fiction intro? I never actually saw Pulp Fiction, so don't ask me about that one. Uh, <laughs> so there's a scene in Pulp Fiction. It's actually the final scene in Pulp, Pulp Fiction, even though it happens much earlier in the time, in the actual, if you put the story in order. Um, they're you know, in, a, in a restaurant, and they end up you know, holding up the place. So basically, they're ready to order breakfast, and then they pull guns. That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, it's Tim yeah. Roth, who was the abomination in The Incredible Hulk. Right. Um, and of course, who comes in? Uh, in Pulp Fiction to kind of put a damper on their whole plan is Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so, so, that's, that's a little connection. I wasn't even thinking of that, but that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of funny. And it, it, same thing. It was like diner, just like a bunch of random conversation that had nothing to do with, you know, what they were there for. Like, you know, the, again, are, you know, the, the, it, and then just out of the blue, it's like, oh, yeah, I think we should hold this place up and rob it for money. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's was, it was really, really funny. I mean, the, watching Twitter at that time, it's just everybody was like, oh, somebody saw Pulp Fiction. And, you know, there's <laughs> Pulp Fiction talk uh, flying f- by through Twitter. So I just right. thought that was that was kind of cool. Uh, 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 granted, a much more tame version uh, than we saw in Pulp Fiction, to be sure. It's on my list of things to watch. So I'm uh, sure I'll see in a bit. It is. Oh. Yes, it is worthy, worthy of watching. And if you enjoy Indeed. that, uh, uh, I recommend Jackie Brown. All right. Next week on the Quentin Tarantino podcast. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about the, the Fitzsimmons banter? So, again, one of the things I mentioned uh, last week and I think even the week before is we're kind of getting back now very different dynamic. But we're getting Fitz and Simmons uh, together again to kind of be able to go back and forth with each other, which is something that we obviously went away from for quite some time. Yeah, I can't really tell if it's. It's more probably a combination of Fitz. Fitz is getting better. He's actually able to articulate himself a little bit more. Um, but also Simmons is you know, learning how to talk to him now. She's she's getting used to the, the new Fitz maybe. But I also still detected a little bit of pity in her voice when she talked to him. At least that's yeah. how, I, how I picked up on it. But I did enjoy the uh, Steve Rogers Hulk talk trying to boost up her ego. It's like, you know, you're an Avenger now. Yeah, and then, of course, you know, the inevitable, you know, Hulk comparison and, you know, Fitz or Simmons thinking that, you know, Banner would want to cure himself so he wouldn't go through all this and Fitz saying, well, you know, thank God he didn't because we'd all be toast if, if that wasn't the case. And yeah, it was just it was kind of an interesting little little banter back and forth between the two of them. I'm still I'm still a little upset about the whole thing. I mean, Fitz and Simmons uh, first season, my you know, they're probably my favorite characters. I mean, I love Coulson, too. Sky and Ward still kind of annoy me, but <laughs> Um, Fitz and Simmons was the highlight of the show for me. So it's still kind of pulls on the heartstrings when they, every time they interact and I 
I don't think they're going to go back to how it was, which makes me a little upset. But at the same time, it definitely adds that interest into the show even more. I'm like, oh, do you get to see Fitz and Simmons? Like, let's go. And so I don't know. The banter was back and forth. And I think now he's almost going for a bit of a low blow every once in a while with her. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he's intentionally trying to hurt her. But in some way, she's hurt him on such a level that he almost does it without knowing i'm not too sure yet but we'll see how that goes and it was interesting because he makes the point of saying you know Gemma, you're the one that's changed more so than me like you know he went through you know trauma and and there there's been a change in fit you know physically like you know he's having logic issues and um you know fine motor skill issues and things like that but fitz is basically saying i'm the same fitz that i was i just have trouble you know bringing that to the front Whereas he's, you know, calling Gemma out as, as you, you are different. Um, and she, she kind of acknowledges it. I mean, she, she mentions, you know, with Trip dying and, you know, just all this other inhuman stuff going on and, and things like that, that she didn't really walk away from it. But I, I just thought that was interesting that, you know, I, I don't know that the old Fitz would have, would have done that. Yeah, yeah I don't think he would have. Yeah, and jump, jumping ahead a little bit, when we look at who is, who is running the quote-unquote the real shield the other shield you know thinking back to season one when all the hydra reveal happened simmons was really questioning where she belonged and if she had the opportunity to go with her mentor agent weaver then she probably would have jumped at it and been with this other shield from the beginning rather than sticking with colson uh it's probably much more the the uh you orderly proper you know tell me what to do kind of area where she needs to be and function whereas Fitz would have had no part of that he was he knew where he needed to be right and that was funny did you of course he needed of course he needed to be with Simmons if you remember during the interrogation scenes he he wanted to be wherever she was at the time right right so now when they when we when we get to the reveal with Hunter when they bring him in and they it's kind of like this mini shield council and we get Edward James almost brought in as as Robert Gonzalez and we see Agent. Did you recognize her right off as Agent Weaver? Or you know what? Honestly, I recognized her in that I, I I'm supposed to know her. She looks yeah. familiar, and uh, I was actually wondering if it was. Um, uh, at first, I was wondering if it was one of the uh, one of the, one of the uh, companions or travelers with Doc, from Doctor Who's uh, at one point. But then I realized, of course, it was Agent Weaver, and like, all right, this make, this is making sense. And of course, the other guy's from Fringe. <laughs> yeah, Kirk Acevedo. Yeah. Yeah. And 12 Monkeys. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I need to. Yeah. Yeah, I I saw her and I was like, man, I know she's been in another episode of the show and I just couldn't place like which one it was. Yeah. And so yeah, I went she, back and I was like, oh, Weaver. Yeah, the Academy. Duh. Yep. There, there you yep. Go. Yep. She was in Seeds and then she was on briefly during one of the post-Hydra episodes. Yeah. So again, I thought, I thought that was nice that there's some connection that the characters are going to have to at least uh, part of this. Now, obviously, uh, it's it's pretty much a given that uh, Colson and I'm sure May, uh, they know who Gonzalez is. Uh, you know, yeah. We don't, we, we're introduced to him, but, uh, but they know who he is. Yeah. It sounds like he was, um, either ba- based at or the head of, or otherwise at that, wherever facility they're in, that, that's where he was when Hydra attacked or turned and Hartley of course was there with him, you know, so that's kind of where they, why that's where they set up shop. But they yeah. did all of this um, independent of anything Fury did. And all the, uh, and they also still, as far as we're led to believe, think Fury is dead. So they're not in on the the secret. And so it's probably still a very small group. 
right. that are in on that. So did you when when Hunter was first brought in and just the way that the thing looked, did you did you think helicarrier? Did you think I thought it was a boat? And I guess when the reveal happened towards the end, it wasn't clear that it is a helicarrier. It they made it clear that it's it's a it's a carrier of some sort but well it's I'm, it's he's he's yeah they're at sea in some way they're on an island or at sea or something but because they said he escaped on a, on a pod or a boat and it's gonna be 12 hours before he has land the thing yeah, is what we're called saying yeah it's funny because right right when they were walking through it just looked like a bunch of bulkheads and stuff like mm-hmm. that and i was tweeting out i was like they're on a boat i bet you they're on a boat, on a boat. um but yeah again it, easier to to do i i almost half expected like when she let him go away and he started to run, I was like, oh, man, I wonder if he's going to open a door and it's just going to be like blue sky. You know, he's going to look down and see nothing but, you know, 20,000 feet up, feet down or something like that. But also explains why she just kind of let him go. Like, I don't think she thought there was any way for him to escape. Uh, well, that's I'm not sold yet. I mean, they just said he escaped. They didn't really explain why unless I slept through that. Through, unless I missed something. Did, did he? Did we see him? We didn't see him escape, did we? No, no, no I didn't think didn't. so. We just off camera it happened, and we heard about it, he escaped, which tells me somebody let him go, and we're gonna find that out. I'm not sold on Bobby yet. The way she did, the way she hesitated, the way she, I, her, I'm all in wasn't convincing to me. Something's up there. Do you, I don't yeah, know. Do you, I was, I was gonna say, do you think that Bobby's a double agent? Or a triple agent? Triple agent, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Too confusing, man. <laughs> it is. It is. I don't know what it she is. Works for Hydra, works for S.H.I.E.L.D., works for real S.H.I.E.L.D., but still works for Hydra. <laughs> well, no, or I'm thinking... Shield, sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, she was working for... Work, she was at Hydra under Coulson's direction when she was under Gonzalez's direction. But I'm thinking while she was with Coulson, she kind of... She's with Coulson now, and she's now she's playing the other side. I, I, I don't... There's something. There's something going on there that has yet to be revealed to us. Yeah, yeah. I, they they oh, work God. too hard to convince us that she's in, uh, explicitly to say that she's in for her it, to be that simple. Uh, Mac Mac is Mac. I think I think he really believes in the real shield, um, but Bobby, I'm not so sure about because I think Lance had her pegged when he said that um, she'd never go for this because yeah. he knows her. He knows her better than she knows herself, and she doesn't want to admit it. It'll be interesting, I think. I don't know. My dad doesn't even watch the show, and he was like, she's totally with Coulson. She's, making it she's totally with Coulson. Yep, yep. And I was like, I hope so. <laughs> you don't yeah. want it to be predictable, but at the same time, you're kind of like, oh, come on. This is what I need it to be right now. Let's go. Yep. And she's she's the feature of the uh, the poster for the next episode. So yeah. uh, definitely yeah. looking forward to seeing how that goes down. I'm also fully expecting this next episode to be – the end, or at least the end of the now for this real shield. This is going to – things have been moving too quickly. Nothing's been lasting more than an episode or two. So we'll get some kind of resolution or at least enough to help us move forward after next week. Yeah. What do you think about them taking Sky to the cabin that apparently Steve Rogers kind of kicked back with after yeah. they pulled him out of the ice? You know, it's kind of predictable. I was expecting to do something like that to put her someplace where she can kind of let go and really explore what her abilities are. Because she that's what she that's what she needs more than anything. And now she's got the gauntlets. We've been saying since since December. She's gonna get her gloves, she can get something to help her control her powers. She's got them. Uh and she can now really put them to use and they're gonna cut they're gonna end up saving her uh when when the attack on that safe house happens next week. Spoiler alert if you didn't see the previews. 
I know a couple members on my page have been saying that um, the guy with no eyes, who they claim to be the reader, um, a lot of people are thinking that the reader is going to get to her first next week. So going to zap her out of there. Yeah, zap her right out, right before feels, Ward catches her too. <laughs> that feels too obvious, but yeah, probably maybe you know that would be a way to get her into that group. I still wonder why they didn't take her. I mean, the only thing I come up with is that they were not even aware of her. They thought they had – they thought there was one and they got Raina. And then now that they got um, Cal, he's told them that you know, she's one too. So now they need to go get her. Um, it's possible I guess. Yeah. I was just going to say because Cal's so overly obsessed with Sky that I'm sure he's going to be like, oh, come on. Like, well, as we saw, he was asking about Sky and everything. So yep. why I'm didn't sure, take yeah, her? they're totally aware of her now and – they're, whatever happens with Cal, which I'm really interested to see, um, then we'll move forward and see how they progress with Sky as well. Yeah, we don't know what happened to him when he went to meet whoever he was going to meet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Russ, as you're saying, yep, she got her gloves. Got the gloves. One step closer. Just gotta cut the hair. <laughs> <laughs> I make a prediction for season three. I think I think we'll see short haired Daisy Johnson with the with the full gauntlets. Are we gonna ever? Are they gonna ever call her Daisy? She can accept that, or she's gonna stay Sky for us, which oh, I'm fine with. Yeah, she's I think she'll be Sky. Because yeah, I... calling herself Daisy, then she's going to have to acknowledge that that's part of something, like part of yeah. her that her dad gave her, and she's really pushing against the whole like he's my dad. I mean, he's a monster type deal. So I don't quite think we'll see the Daisy side of it, just because yeah, she is trying to get away from that part of her life. So. Sure. I hope she stays with the long hair, though. <laughs> I can't quite picture Chloe, Chloe Bennett with short hair. It's just not quite happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, Especially I didn't expect bangs either, but we got those, so. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so what you, do you guys think about Ward and Agent 33? <sighs> I was so happy when I thought he was dead. <laughs> no, oh, I'm, seriously, he just he annoys me. Um, I am glad he's alive. I I love his manipulations, and that's totally what he's doing. He is completely using her for his own ends, and she will be as destroyed as she was when Whitehall was was killed and lost. She is now going to bond with him, and she will do anything he says. And when he turns on her, it is going to destroy her and devastate her to no end. It's going to be oh, totally. Oh, it's going to be unbelievable when it all plays out. And, she is uh, so wrapped around his finger. Yep. I mean, it just, right down to given, is, I say right down to given him what she thought he wanted, which wasn't her with Sky. Yeah. Yeah. I expected that one though. I, I saw that one coming. Yeah. Yeah. That was obvious. That one was obvious. Yeah. It, it was interesting too, because to see that Ming-Na did the voices, you know, like every time there was a, you know, a change, it was still her voice. Uh, and I thought the makeup, yeah. they did a really, uh, they did a phenomenal job, even when she had her face fixed and it was obviously just Ming-Na's, uh, just her and not, you know, prosthetics or whatever, just the way they did the makeup and her hair, it really didn't look like her. Like, I mean, it did, you know what I'm saying? Like it did look like her, but it didn't look like her. Um, yeah. It was off enough to be, yeah, this is, yeah. Yeah. It's easy to differentiate, but I just thought that was pretty amazing that they were able to do that kind of transformation without, with it being the same physical person. And her acting abilities are amazing. I mean, you look at how May is in her character and her mannerisms and how she speaks and everything. And then you look at her as Agent 33 and it's a complete 180. So, I mean, it's fantastic that she can sell both characters and have them completely different while still being the same person. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they've given her opportunities to do like that. Um, and I'm hoping 
that bringing her ex-husband in will kind of maybe soften her up a bit, um, you know, over time. Because I, th- I think I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, you know, the badass May is great. And, you know, even Coulson's joking how, you know, if he let her, you know, a couple episodes back, if he let her write the script, they wouldn't say anything. But I, I think over time that that stoicism is going to maybe grow a little old. And if they can kind of soften her up a little bit and kind of get her, you know, more natural acting talent to come through, I think that'll be a plus for that character. But I could, you know, again, you know, not want to see an overnight transformation, but but seeing her move in that direction to let some of her personality come through, I think will be will be a nice a change. Oh, yeah. I love the going back to, to Talbot a little bit. Um, his Taco Tuesday uh, <laughs> comment. I thought that was funny, too, <laughs> when he found out his wife was coming. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Taco Tuesday. Speaking of no origin stories, we've got the uh, Lola origin story. Yeah. Yeah. I that, that one is <laughs> that the nice. origin of Lola. <laughs> I'm the Corvette in the story, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought that was, again, kind of funny. It, you know, little by little, I guess we're getting more background on Colson. I mean, you know, last week we got the whole, you know, where he grew up and, you know, his father passed when he was 10 and he was a coach. And, you know, now we know where, where Lola came from. Maybe next week it'll be the origin of his suit. <laughs> That'd be nice. Oh, <clears throat> a little more on Ward. So every time you think that maybe they might be able to do something, I I, I think the writers are really, I'm hoping, are trying to convince us that Ward is irredeemable. I mean, because once again, they show up at that army base, they kill a couple of the, the army personnel that work there. So again, like every time they do something like this to me, it just makes Ward that much more irredeemable. Yeah. Um, and, and just the fact that I'm, I'm really hoping that there's no, no, uh, you know, he's, he's at the, he's pat, way past the point of no return. And I don't think that's going to be the, his purpose anymore. I mean, he, he will, and I've said this before, he will be of use to shield in some way. And that, that could be as bait, could be as cannon fodder, could be as Intel, but he will never be trusted. He will never be a good guy. But he very well may, may be the anti-hero doing something on the side. And whatever he does, he will be doing it in Sky's best interest. Uh, it may not be something pleasant, but he'll that's that will be his motivation. What do you think their what do you think their end goal is with Bakshi? Why they're putting the brainwashing techniques on him now? I thought maybe that this is Ward's way of kind of clinching getting her under his thumb, like like that, you know, she's still. That's for her benefit, not for anything with Baxter or anything. Or well, yeah, like, you know, she was still kind of reserved and not really sure, like what her. Like, I don't think she was in a point where Ward could have, could. Firmly, firmly manipulate her, and I don't know if maybe them getting Baxter and basically allowing her to turn the tables on her oppressor, would finally bring her into the spot where Ward needs her to be effective in whatever end game he has played. Yeah. It's be interesting to see. Yeah. Cause there's, there's something or either that award needs him for something like I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, at this point, Hydra's pretty fractured. I mean, they've, they've taken out the U S leadership again. We know there's, you know, they keep, they talked about von Strucker. We know von Strucker's an age of Ultron. So, you know, it could be that they're keeping him in their back pocket until whatever tie-in comes in for Age of Ultron to to work itself out. Um, yeah, I'm not just reviewing my notes. I don't see anything else major that we haven't covered. I don't think. You want to do some ratings? Yeah. What is? What do you? 
Uh, I'm going to put it at a, probably a 3.9. Out of 5? Out of 5. Yeah. You know, up from last week. You know, not, not as strong as some of the strongest ones, though. We usually, when we remember, Terry, we try and make episodes. <laughs> uh, we remember. Out of, out of five, most of the time we remember, sometimes not so much. What, 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 uh, where do you think it falls on the scale of, of, of five? Um, you know, I would probably round it up to about a four, just to keep it even. But yeah, I mean, we've had better episodes and we've had significantly less better episodes. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I wasn't bored at any point. Uh, the acting, the writing, overall, I thought it was actually really great. So I would, yeah, I'd probably go with a four. I'll give it a three and a half. I think uh, <laughs> I'm a harsh critic. <laughs> um, but again, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it just fine. Like like I said, I think there, there are plenty of episodes that I, I felt I enjoyed less. I, I don't know. I think, I think sometimes I get caught up in expectations where I think an episode is going to be something that it turns out to not be. But it definitely, like I said, the, the comic relief stuff, which again I thought uh, I thought was was pretty well done and a nice nice change of pace. I feel like Marvel does comic relief pretty well. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, no question about that. <laughs> it's not something Definitely I ever really worry about. <laughs> All right, we got a little bit of Facebook feedback. I guess we can go through. We didn't have any Do? any new iTunes reviews this week, so uh, so we can skip right to the Facebook comments and talk about those. Got a few of them. Love the Facebook. Love the Facebooks. Uh, so the first one's from Ryan. He said, good filler episode, in my opinion. Love how they were talking about Cap and Hulk at the beginning and started to consider Daisy's powers on par with theirs. Okay. I'm not sure how I feel about the whole Ward and Agent 33 thing. There's something about it that seems off to me. thought the best moments of the episode were more subtle ones, like with Sky and Coulson and Hunter and Bobby. Otherwise, pretty good episode. Nothing too crazy happened. Next week, though, all hell looks like it's about to break loose. That sums it up pretty good. Pretty good. I think we agreed a lot of that. Victor yeah. Santiago says, worst episode ever. I'm not going to go quite that far on it, but it was definitely, you know, not the best. Harsh. Even harsher than me. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay says, I agree with Ryan's point, except for the fact that he referred to Sky as Daisy. There you go. So somebody doesn't like that. Yep. <laughs> um, if only... In that nothing too crazy happened, but being a filler doesn't mean it can't be interesting. Heck, last week's episode was more filler, but at least it was fun with them facing supervillains. This is still my opinion, but when the when next week's episode looks more exciting, that seems like a fault in in the episode. Uh, maybe. I mean, mm. you know, as we know, is a teaser for next week, so it's hard to you know judge that you know yep. next week episode is gonna i mean it could be that we saw all the good bits in the, in the teaser hey i think a well done filler has its place i mean it's definitely at least did uh more to move the plot along than other filler episodes have absolutely um but that doesn't mean the next episode can't be more exciting and it certainly does look look that way if only for the mockingbird may fight i'm excited spoiler, for that spoiler alert <laughs> Uh, our podcasting buddy, Daryl Taylor says, I find myself not being too interested in the sky stuff. I rather learn more about the other humans that have popped up. The shield within shield storyline was a surprise to me, but again, I find myself looking forward to the outcome more than the journey. Daryl, I'm curious. And actually I'm just really curious. I mean, are you not interested in the sky stuff because it's not interesting, you know, with quake or is it because it's sky? Cause I remember Daryl wasn't a big fan of sky from day one. Right. Uh, and so a lot of people were not. I was always in the Sky Canvas, you know, so. I was one of the people who was not a fan of Sky, so. How are you now with her? I'm liking her better now. Um, it feels less lost puppy dog and 
more, you know, finding out, well, now that she knows who her dad is and that she has these abilities, uh, I feel like she's looking more onto herself uh, to take care of her. But I think it's fair to what her character was as well. When we met her, she was lost and she was literally trying to find herself. She was searching for her parents. So And it was, but to me, it was just annoying. (laughs) Like, and then, you know, you fall for the bad guy and all over that and I don't know the Sky and Ward storyline just got boring to me really quick right, and right. I was really happy when it wasn't focused on Sky. I mean I like it now uh, it's definitely something I look forward to but I can I can agree with people who didn't like Sky at the beginning okay fair enough uh, Dallas says I thought that was a great episode I'm interested in seeing what will end up happening between Fitz and Simmons it seems that every time they take a step forward, they take two steps back as far as their relationship goes. Yeah, I think we we agree with that as well. Right. Uh, I feel like Grant Ward adds a certain element to the show that is much needed. There's just something with his presence on the show that feels right. I will add that I'm not completely on board with the romance between him and Agent uh, 33. I think, however, he is using her for whatever overall plan he has in store. Uh, I enjoyed the Cap and Hulk mention. I thought it was a nice way to compare what uh, Daisy slash Sky is dealing with. With her new powers, I'm very interested to see the next uh, next week's episode and to see the outcome between the two factions of Shield. Uh, I'm gonna jump in on the Fitz and Simmons piece. Have you noticed that it's been less Fitz Simmons and more Fitz and Simmons? And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. even uh, that's one of the things I had in my notes. I, I I glossed over was even Coulson says Agent Fitz or Agent Simmons, like, right? You know, in the beginning, he you know he was almost uh, like Fury, where it was just Fitzsimmons. It was you know, Fitzsimmons, and would, yeah. And he would refer to them that way too. And now, you know, he's he's literally calling them Agent Fitz and Agent Simmons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wonder if how much of that is just happening, or if it's a deliberate cue to us that you know they are separating to just, as if their their actions weren't enough. I just I just was very apparent this week to me. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, and lastly, from Matthew, said, I am not a fan of the shape-shifting stuff. It creates a potential laziness in the storyline. Too many outs of this person was really this person weeks after the fact. I hope Agent 33 doesn't last long, but I do love Ward as a villain. Good episode to continue to build yeah. on. Agree with I, all that. Yeah, I mean, I think that they could fall into that trap, but I don't see that's where they're going. I don't. No, I think that was a useful uh, tool for this episode. But I don't yeah. think that being a, a huge deal going forward. Yeah, I don't think they're going to infiltrate someone and then we find out like four episodes later, oh, that was really Agent 33. I yeah, just, I don't that. see that happening. Yeah. We did get one more in. Uh, David Morse comes in with great title name, not so great episode. I felt like it was a huge build up to nothing. I kept getting that feeling like I'm getting closer and closer to the edge, but we could never make the leap. Overall, it just left me highly dissatisfied. I would definitely say the worst episode of season two. I feel like all the characters were playing a different role than they should be. Two things to note, though. First, you notice in the real Shields, quotes, conference room and Talbots that they had multiple pictures of the X-Jet, or at least its inspiration, the Blackbird. I thought that was a nice nod to the X-Men, at least. I missed that, actually. No, yeah, I did, I did catch that. Yeah. yeah, well, you would, X, Mr. X-Men. Yes. Uh, also, since Coulson said that this was the house where Cap hung out after thawing, I'm wondering if this could be the log cabin we see Cap and Iron Man talking and chopping wood at in the AOS scene, or uh, Age of Ultron scene, uh, from the Miracle Tuesday announcement. It could be nice tie and connection. Overall disappointed with the uh, overall disappointed and underwhelmed, 
two out of five pockmarks on Edward James Olmos's face. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. I wasn't going to go that harsh. No, that's, um, that's tough. I'm not ready to call it the worst episode, but like I said, there's been better. No, I've, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, obviously. That's all I got. We don't really have too much spoiler stuff to talk no? about. I mean, at, at this point, anything like Age of Ultron-ish is going to be more or less in a trailer at this point, so it's kind of hard to be spoilery. Um, I don't think we're almost a little over a month out. I don't think we're going to dedicate too much time to anything like super spoilery, I, I would guess. I mean, Ken, unless you feel differently. Uh, No. And of course, Daredevil, we're... Two weeks out as we record? Yeah, two weeks out. So that'll be exciting. Uh, I think I think what we're the plan is for Daredevil, and I'm waiting for John to chime in, is that the pilot for sure will probably be like a double dip episode that week for sure. Like we're definitely going to cover the pilot. It's probably going to be its own episode just because I imagine there's going to be a ton of stuff for us to talk about. Um, that we don't want to make a three-hour episode, you know, single episode with putting S.H.I.E.L.D. in there and, and whatever else. Um, and I think there we're going to just kind of like alternate. I think while there's an overlap between the rest of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think we're going to just like do two episodes a week uh, to put on the feed and cover Daredevil one at a time uh, right. in order not to short shrift Daredevil. I think, th- I think that's the plan. Right. Um, and for those... Uh, Gracious enough on our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash it's all connected. Uh, like we mentioned before, if we do two episodes a week, uh, we won't uh, we won't double dip for folks in case they haven't set up a, a maximum contribution, which we appreciate that. Uh, so we'll just do one as a one as a contribute episode and one as a as a freebie episode so that we we don't uh, we don't run into that. Right. Well, Terry. Thank you so much for in, indulging us and in coming on our little show and, and uh, giving us your thoughts on all things Marvel and specifically Love in the Time of Hydra. Well, thank you. I survived my first podcast without messing up too bad, I think. So thank oh, you guys for allowing fantastic. me to get that out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming, coming on. And, and tell us, what's your Facebook page again? It's just Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a group, so you have to ask to join. And there's around 29,000 to 30,000. That's us. So definitely try to join and get in on the conversation because it's pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. Indeed. Yeah, and anytime. I mean, anytime you want to be hop on, just uh, just let us know. I mean, we'll be happy to happy to have have another voice uh, come on the podcast for sure. This was a lot of fun. So yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Um, so as always, uh, Ken, do you have anything else to to close out with? I do not. All right. Well, thanks for listening to It's All Connected, everybody. Uh, Again, check out hhwlod.com. That's the parent website for the podcast. Uh, We'll have an article up on the main page that has all the contact information with a phone number for voicemail, email, links to our Facebook page, uh, links to the Patreon campaign, links to our YouTube channel, all the cool, good stuff that we got going over uh, at hhwlod, including all of the other cool podcasts that we have on pretty much every topic you could think of, whether it's movies, TVs, comics random stuff um it's it's all over there so thanks for listening and we will catch you next week good night